Punks. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the Dunker Punks podcast. My name is Emma Wilkowski Eldred. I'm one of the hosts of the show. I know that times are crazy right now, and in no way more than the profound fact of our isolation from each other. As the days drag on and many of us are stuck inside or just going between our essential work in our homes, it's easier to forget that the wider world, those connections, both great and invisible, that bind people to one another still exist. I'm not only talking about the social relationships that make our lives so meaningful, the love we feel for friends and neighbors, families, co-workers, our church community, and more. I'm also talking about those invisible connections that you hardly even realize exist at the best of times. How your presence in the world and the way that you go about living affects, for good or for ill, people who you've never met. It's so easy during these days spent on our little islands to lose sight of those things that are already so hard to see in the first place. We've also had a chance during this crisis to see the heretofore invisible impact, or so easily ignored impact rather, that we have on the environment around us. Many of us have seen those articles about wildlife returning to our neighborhoods and communities because human activity is reduced or read about air and water growing cleaner and clearer because our cars aren't spewing so much exhaust into the air and because we aren't discarding so much trash into the water around us. So let's face it, regardless of when conditions change and we're able to leave our homes, things aren't going back to normal. And maybe they shouldn't. There is no normal to return back to anymore. And maybe there shouldn't be. 
Human history is forever changed by what we're living through right now. And in some ways, maybe that's even for the better. I don't say any of that to diminish the scope or the tragedy of what we're living through, but only to say that if we're gonna live through it anyway, why not come out the other side having learned how to live better? Hopefully these weeks or months of isolation remind us that we really aren't islands, that we touch and affect people, those we love, as well as those we've never met. And every action we take leaves an imprint on the earth. With that in mind, I'm really happy to present our second episode in a series of episodes about the New Community Project, an organization rooted in the Church of the Brethren that is all about caring for earth and environment by focusing on people and building community. I hope you agree with me that learning a little bit more about New Community Project is a great way to start building ideas about how the world we emerge into after this is all over can be different and hopefully better than the one we left behind. In this episode, I interview Mandy North. Mandy is the pastor of the Manassas Church of the Brethren in Virginia, and she went on a new community project learning tour to East Africa last spring. A few program notes before we get started. First, this is the second episode in our series. So if you need a refresher about New Community Project, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 93, where we kicked off the series by hearing from David Radcliffe, who is the founder and director of NCP. In particular, I encourage you to listen back to the conversation that we had about these learning tours, which may provide helpful context. Unfortunately, even the most well-intentioned programs, when they are bringing mostly white Westerners into the global South, can end up being patronizing, colonial, and may even end up doing more harm than good. David takes that problem extremely seriously and he had a lot to say on that subject and how NCP is so intentional about making sure its learning tours are beneficial, respectful, and positive experiences for everyone involved, most especially the people that live where the tours go. This isn't a topic that I raised with Mandy since she was just a participant on the trip, but I think it's really important to think about it, so I encourage you to go back to episode 93 and give that section a listen. Second, when I listened back to the phone audio that I had recorded, unfortunately, my own audio was very quiet and difficult to understand. Thankfully, Mandy's audio was fine. So I did my best to transcribe and record my questions again so that you would have the best listening experience possible. But I also wanted to be transparent about the fact that the voice that you are hearing is not exactly the same as the voice which Mandy is responding to. I apologize for the technical difficulty and I hope to be sure to improve it for future episodes. With all that in mind, I really hope you enjoy today's Dunkerpunks podcast episode with Mandy North. Mandy, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Dunker Punks podcast. Would you just take a moment to introduce yourself for our listeners? Yes. So my name is Mandy North, and I serve as the lead pastor at the Manassas Church of the Brethren. And what district is that church in? It's in the Mid-Atlantic District. I'm right outside of D.C. in Northern Virginia. So I wanted to talk to you because we're doing a whole series of podcast episodes about the New Community Project, and we're trying to reach out to people who have been involved or impacted or touched by NCP in a variety of ways. And you recently went on a New Community Project learning tour. Would you start out by talking a little bit about that experience and where it took place? 
Yeah, so in the middle of May, I got to travel with New Community Project to East Africa. And so our trip started in Uganda. Um, although New Community Project doesn't have any projects in Uganda, what we learned is that Uganda is the way to travel between the projects that they have in South Sudan, and then which we spent a couple days there, and then we traveled um back through Uganda to get into Rwanda to visit with the new community projects there as well. We also met with a group of women from the DR of Congo who um, came into Rwanda to meet with us. It wasn't really possible for our new community project group to go into the Congo this time, but it was great to be able to still meet and talk with the women who were able to come in from the Congo. What was your inspiration for joining that trip? Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. I had an opportunity to actually go to a trip to Rome um, in February. And through a variety of circumstances, that trip got canceled. But the finances that I had to make that trip were still available to me. So at the last minute, I was trying to find an international trip experience where I could use these funds to maybe get some continuing education units for my ordination. And as I was looking around, I, you know, went to the New Community Project website and saw about their learning tour. And it just, the timing and the dates and the location just seemed to be a great fit. And what were some of the things that you did while you were there? Yeah, so the trip was about two weeks. And one of the greatest things that I loved about this trip is that it's intended to be a learning tour. So unlike a mission trip or a work camp, we didn't go with um, any set purpose or expectation or project that we were going to necessarily work on. This was an opportunity I kept telling people. It was like, I just went to be a sponge and absorb as much information as I could from the people, from the culture, and from the places that we visited. Um, so we actually got to meet with about five different women's groups. New Community Project does a lot of skills training and microloans to empower women to start their own small businesses. And so we were able to meet with a group of women who are refugees, South Sudanese refugees living in northern Uganda. And they came and met with us and told us their story. And we met with a group of women who are still in South Sudan doing skills training and microloans. We actually got to visit one of the sewing projects where they're learning how to sew um, school uniforms and women's dresses and men's shirts and things. We met with a women's group from the Congo who met with us in Rwanda doing skills training, microloans. They actually make stoves, um, which makes cooking more efficient. And then they sell the stoves as part of their small business. We met with um, two women's groups in Rwanda who are using their microloans to open up small stores or small little mar uh, have merchandise to sell in the market, whether they're selling potatoes or corn or some other produce or beans. Um, so one of the primary things was meeting with all of these women's groups and hearing their stories and hearing how the work of New Community Project or the support of New Community Project allows them to do the work of starting their own businesses and how that's working for them. We also were able to visit a school in South Sudan 
called the Queensland School. It's a girls' school that I believe was opened in 2015 that New Community Project helped to build. And we got to see the school and meet a lot of the students and parents and teachers, and they had a whole program for us. And again, we got to see some of the challenges that are facing that school and hear their stories of what they're learning. And another piece of New Community Project is some of their reforestation efforts. They have a reforestation effort in South Sudan, and we were able to meet with the um, gentleman who's working with planting um, the trees there and how he's, we got to see his little tree nursery where he had planted the seeds and how he plans to distribute those trees into the community for the neighbors around in South Sudan. And then um, some other reforestation efforts that they have going on. There's a women's group in Rwanda that would like to start a reforestation effort. And actually the students at the Queensland School shared a proposal of wanting to plant about 800 trees on their school property. So that was a pretty neat um, interaction with them as well. That all sounds really remarkable. I think that one of the little tidbits that you added in there that I think says a lot about what I'm hearing about your experience as a whole is that detail that you shared about having this trip as an opportunity to earn more continuing education credits, because that really adds to the principle that this was a learning experience and one that hopefully has found its way to add to your ordination or add to your sense of ministry. So how would you say that this trip did enhance your faith or how did it impact the way that you intend to go about ministry in your own context? Yeah, I think it's always good to know that we don't worship in a vacuum. You know, the Manassas Church of the Brethren, the Manassas community is where our church building is placed. Um, But we're not alone in this world. And things that we do, things that we say, um, ways that we react to things have an impact. And it was just really great to make a connection with our brothers and sisters in East Africa and to hear their stories. And it was a really good reminder that while we might be living in two different parts of the world and our life experiences may be very different, our basic humanity is very much the same. And I really enjoyed hearing their stories and getting to know them and being inspired by their resiliency and um, just their strength to do what they have to do with the adversity that you know, faces them in their community. I've actually, um, I learned that there are several churches of the brethren. There's a new one in Uganda. There's a four church of the brethren congregations in Rwanda, and there's a church of the brethren in the DR of Congo. And I was able to meet personally two other church of the brethren pastors. And our relationship has continued to be cultivated even since I've been home to the point where Um, Ron Lubongo is the Church of the Brethren pastor in the Congo, and he and I are working towards um, a program that would link our children's Sunday school classes. So I came home and met with our children at the Manassas Church of the Brethren and gave them an opportunity to introduce themselves to the kids in the Congo. And then he took pictures of the kids from his Sunday school class and sent them back to us that I could share with our kids. And so my kids, not, they're not my kids, but the Manassas Church of the Brethren kids know the names and faces of kids now from the Congo. 
and the kids in the Congo know the names and faces of the kids at the Manassas Church of the Brethren. And so we're going to see how that continues to develop, especially as we launch our fall um, Sunday school program and classes to see how we can continue to cultivate those friendships. That's really wonderful. And I think it really underscores something that I've heard in a lot of the conversations that I've had with New Community Project people so far, which is that the organization is about earth and the environment, but really it's so much more about people because after all, those are the people who make up what we think of as earth and the environment. And those are the ones that rely on it and reside in it. And it sounds like building relationships and building new and surprising communities is something that really stuck out in that experience for you. Yeah, so I would think that's definitely true. And one of the things that I think, you know, would have been, you know, when I got the request from Pastor Ron about making this connection, I think it initially my first response would have been like, yes, and here's the way that we should go about making this program happen. But my response this time was, that's a good idea. How do you think we should go about doing it? You know, since it was his idea to start this link in the first place, I realized that it was really important for me to hear how he wanted to make it work. And his response was, I think friendships is the most important part. And that's exactly right. Relationships matter. And the relationships that we build with people really matter. Well, that's a great jumping off point to what I wanted to ask you next which is just for how this trip changed you or impacted you in the way you think or act, what are some of those intangible things that you think you're bringing home with you um, from this experience that you had? Um, yeah, I think that idea of the importance of building relationships, maintaining relationships, um, allowing yourself to um, meet and engage and hear stories of people who may not be living in the same lifestyle that you are or have different um, ex life experiences has been really important in finding ways to learn from them about how they are living and the struggles that they face has been really um, important to me. Um, I think too, just listening to our African neighbors and walking in to a meeting with one of these women's groups or a free forestation group, or even with the children at the school and have them tell us within a matter of the first couple minutes of how the environment is affecting their ability to live and to grow and to harvest food um, was really eye-opening. You know, it wasn't a scientific study. It was people who have been practicing certain agricultural standards for generations, for thousands of years. You know, it's what they've passed down from one generation to another generation. And those aren't working anymore because they have two seasons, a dry season and a wet season. And the dry season is lasting longer and longer every year. So they don't know exactly when to plant. And when the wet season comes, it's way too wet. And so things are flooding out. And to be able to hear that directly from people who are immediately impacted, um, and that's how they get their food. And so they're going hungry because of choices that we're making that affect our environment globally. So 
you've shared how you became involved with this trip, but it certainly sounds like this was an inspirational experience that you would encourage others to partake in as well. So how would you encourage others to find out about upcoming trips or how do you think people can get involved with this? Yeah, so I just went to the New Community Project website. It's newcommunityproject.org. And there's a link directly to their learning tours. And pick a learning tour that looks interesting to you, clear out your calendar, and just make it happen. Um, That's kind of what I did. It was a little bit of a whirlwind. It was kind of an interesting conversation to go from, I think I'm going to Rome in February to, never mind, I'm going to go to East Africa in May. (laughs) But I think you just have to do it. I think it's important to take a look at when these tours are coming. And I think they're well scheduled so you can carve out some time to just make it happen. Was this the first time that you had participated in a new community project event or program? Or have you had other involvement with MCP in the past? This was definitely the most experience I've had with new community project at this kind of level. Obviously, traveling on a learning tour um, gave me an insight into the work of new community project that I had never had before. I had been at a couple of events at an annual conference several years ago where David Radcliffe had come to speak to us as young adults about the work of new community project. So I was familiar with their work and I was familiar with what they did. But hearing the stories, you know, in my, the comfort of my own home was very different than being able to go out and actually experience it. Are you thinking about or looking forward to or considering other ways uh, to continue that involvement with NCP going forward? Yes. Uh, David Radcliffe and I were talking. I have a set of twins and they're nine. And we were talking about learning tours that were kid friendly and so I would love to find an opportunity to take my family on a learning tour in the future and continue to share what I've learned from my trip to East Africa with people as I meet them. I mean, even right now, our conversation is an opportunity for me to continue to share stories and experiences um, that I learned from that trip. So the other reason that I wanted to speak with you is that this new community project series that we're doing for the podcast started with looking just at the organization itself, but has since expanded to look at examples of creation care and earth witness that are going on within the Church of the Brethren more broadly. So we're looking at formal examples of that, like other organizations and committees in the church that are working to do that, but also informal examples of just how people are implementing those principles in their daily lives or into their congregations. Um, In the short time that I've known you, I've noticed and seen that you are an earth conscious person, and I'm sure that that's something that you're always working on. Uh, So what are some of the ways that you try to care for creation, and how is that informed by your faith? Yeah, so I'm going to have, this is confession time. I'm probably not as um, environmentally conscious as I would like to be, and I think I'm always striving to learn more and to be better and do better. And I think we do that the more we learn. And so there are lots of places where I can grow in this area. But one of the things that we've done as a family recently is we have gone to electric cars. And so we, my husband and I each have an electric vehicle. It's a hybrid. Um, But as long as we're just commuting to and from work and around town, we can pretty much run our vehicles on electricity. And if we're going on a farther drive, then um, we'll move from electricity into gas 
pretty seamlessly and can continue to drive. And the impact that we have seen with our use of fossil fuels because of that um, has been pretty impactful. Um, now, you know, then you get into all sorts of questions about, well, how is the electricity, you know, formed and things of that nature, and are we re using renewable energy? And I think there's places for us to learn and grow there. Um, and then, um, obviously, trying to recycle, but even, you know, this past Lent, I had seen, it was the day that Lent was starting, but someone had said, you know, if you're talking about giving up something for Lent, what if you gave up plastic? And so I really made our family a little more, we couldn't go plastic free, but we went plastic aware. And we were just more conscientious of how much plastic we were using and trying to use more reusable containers instead of sandwich baggies for the kids' lunch and things of like that. And then that cultivated into practices that we still use, even though we're no longer in the season of Lent. Well, I really appreciate your spirit of humility on that. And I think that that point of always striving to do better on it is really what I would hope listeners get out of this whole series. If we only talk to people who are, you know, hitting a home run on their environmental impact every day, that might be intimidating and hard to access. So it's fun to hear from people who are thinking about it and being thoughtful about it and making choices and doing experiments on it. Um, so does this come from a place of faith at all from you? And how does, how does, this, how does that interact with your feelings on this? Oh, sure. I mean, the environment is all part of God's creation, right? And God created the the earth and all that is in it, the trees and birds and um, all creation. And I think one of the ways that we show our love to God is to love for the creation that's all around us. And when we're not taking care of creation, then we're really not taking care of our neighbors either. And it's just as I saw with our neighbors in Africa, our lack of care for the environment has had a direct impact on their ability to be fed. And so when God tells us, when Jesus tells us that the two greatest commandments are to love God with all that we are and to love our neighbors as ourselves, I think that creation care is just a part of that because creation care is caring for God's own beautiful world and creation, and it's a way that we get to love our neighbors too. Has your congregation been thinking about this, and are you working on any programs or making any efforts there? Yeah, so several years ago, we started a group called BUGS, B-U-G-S, and it stood for Brethren Understanding Green Stewardship. And this group called Bugs would meet on a regular basis to kind of look at the way that our congregation is um, considering um, environmental issues and creation care. It flowed over into creating a program for our children called Junior Bugs, the Junior Brethren Understanding Green Stewardship. And um, it's been a couple of years since we've been really, really active, but some of the work that those two clubs have done was to build a butterfly garden right here on our church property where our children learned about the plants that would um, encourage butterflies to come and to prosper and grow and live their life. And it also caused our bugs group, our adult group had um, composting for a while. And we're pretty committed when we have large potluck meals or other church meals, we do not use paper plates or plastic silverware that just gets thrown away. 
but we use um, actual plates and actual silverware, and we take the time to wash and dry in the dishes, which creates uh, an opportunity for fellowship and relationship growth, as well as taking care of our environment too. Do you have any hopes or vision for what you'd like to see the Church of the Brethren as a denomination do to improve its own creation care or earth stewardship and witness? Yeah, I think it, anything that we can do to just continue to raise people's awareness about the choices that we make each and every day um, has an impact to our environment. Um, it's simple things like choosing not to use a straw, um, choosing to walk instead of ride your car or take your car or to ride your bike instead. And I think anytime you present people with these other alternatives and make that tangible and accessible, then um, then I think all of those things add up to help. And even when we gather together at annual conference, um, finding ways that we can be environmentally friendly and um, creation care oriented in the ways that we use and consume products while we're together as one body would be great. All right. Mandy North, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the podcast and share with us your experience with New Community Project and your own efforts to take care of the planet. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. to Mandy for joining us and sharing her experiences on the show. I loved what Mandy had to say about the fact that we don't worship or live in a vacuum because it really feels like we do right now. In a lot of ways, it feels like the world outside our windows is frozen still. Try as we may to connect through technology, things feel distant. I love how this episode goes more into what might be the central ethos of New Community Project, which is that community is a salve for the pain that the earth feels at our own hands. Because ultimately, so much of that pain is meted out to people, people who depend most directly upon the earth for nourishment, who rely on the earth to go through the same yearly cycles that it has always done. But it also reminds us that we all rely on that nourishment from the earth eventually, even if we're not working it ourselves. And most importantly, it reminds us that that pain doesn't get meted out from nowhere, that it comes from someone, that it comes from somewhere, and most often it comes from us. New Community Project Learning Tours are one important way for the connections of the world to become real. What we do impacts people that we've never met or thought about. It impacts them in profound, even life or death ways. But witnessing those connections can inspire us to build upon them, nurture them, and grow them from something invisible into something vibrant and beautiful. Sadly, the coronavirus has also reminded us just how connected the world is and how profoundly that fact matters. Think about it. In a matter of months, a virus that started out in one corner of the earth has seemingly stopped the entire world from even spinning. We are living through what is really the first truly global crisis that is acutely felt by everyone in the world in very similar ways. 
a disease that has no regard for borders or language barriers. And such a global phenomenon relies on a global response. Washing our hands and donning our masks and staying inside is an act of deep care and stewardship, not just for people in our immediate vicinity, but truly for people we have never met or even thought about. So may we be reminded in this moment of crisis about what the New Community Project strives to remind us all the time, that the world is both shared and sacred, that our connections to one another can be vectors for pain and destruction, but that they are also the best tool that we have to heal each other in our planet. After all, the virus is a pretty spot on analogy, just sped up to the global pathology of environmental destruction and climate change. And our ability to respond to both is a measure of the same willingness to deny of ourselves for the good of our neighbor, to take responsibility and care for the state of the world. May our savior who models a love of sacrifice and solidarity and service show us the way. Thank you once again for listening to the Dunker Punks podcast. This podcast is produced by a group of folks all around the country who are staying at home right now, but are trying their best to stay connected to the world that we still hold in our hands. I'm one of your hosts, Emmett Wachowski Eldred. Jacob Krauss edits the show and creates our theme music. Carrick Van Azel creates graphics for social media. Dan Fiesenheiser transcribes our episodes. Suzanne Lay manages production. Arlington Church of the Brethren hosts and sponsors the show. On Earth Priest provides ongoing outreach and production support. To listen back to previous episodes and to learn more about the show, I encourage you to go to arlingtoncob.org dpp. You can also find our episodes on iTunes or Stitcher. And you can find us on social media at DunkerPunksPod. If you want to be involved with the show or contact us for any reason, you can reach us at dpp at arlingtoncob.org. We thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time.